Listeners, this is Maximiliano, one half of Nat Turner Project, one half of Who All Gonna Be There, here to intro you the second part of our conversation with Bruce Poinsett. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, part one with Bruce Poinsett, go check that out first and then come on back and check out this episode. We start where our last conversation left off with Kanye. Let's just jump right back into it. Okay. Buckle up, cowabunga. Like part of you you want you want to, you know, the optimist. It's just like I in a like if I'm trying really, really hard, like okay, you were trying to distill the self-confidence and this energy in a way it was like they have a they have some footage from like a back when Donda was alive, like they're one of their like fundraisers or something. And you know, they're asking, like, what's gonna be on the new album? And he, of course, being kind of just like very quickly like riffs off into like, my goal is to make everyone confident about themselves. You should be arrogant, arrogant. No, you should believe in yourself. I'm like, there's a way I could take that where it's like it's kind of positive, kind of but. Also, again, I have the other data where I, and I have the years after this where I see, oh, no, 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 there were problems. But I could see it in a way of like, yeah, if I'm like, if I'm just repurposing narcissism to be as like productive as possible, yeah. I, I can kind of see it, but also there are, there is many a pitfall in that endeavor in its best, you know, in the best case scenario, never mind in this one, where again, it's not the best case scenario. And again, we're in 2022, where I feel like this is a one off. Like, I just feel like I hate the disingenuousness of just being like, oh, yeah, it's just a, it's just some random video 
about people. It's, yeah, he said some, you know, he said some cash shit about someone. So what? Whatever. It's it's hip hop. It's fine. It's like, and I say this as someone who, like, I enjoy battle rap. I enjoy some of the messiness that happens in hip hop, but also recognize like, yeah, some of this. No, no, this is not. Like, no, this is, this is just not positive at all. Like, I can't spin this. Yeah. You know. Not how healthy people resolve things in their art. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> like, not, not really. Not, you know. And I'm not even talking about, like, you know, obviously, like, the Biggie Tupac. That 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 ended pretty poorly, I think. By yeah. most, mo- most people would agree that yeah. that didn't work out well. But, like, even. Drake and Mid Mill or things? No. Drake and Mid Oh. Um, <laughs> You know that I, I would say no, this is this is just petty, but I would say that ended <laughs> just because like I'm not a Meek Mill fan, so I feel like it ended poorly because like Meek Mill is still out here winning and I just really don't understand why. Wow. Like strong feelings about Meek Mill. Yeah, it's just weird because like I'm not like a big Drake fan either, but like I did I'll admit I was slightly entertained for the run it lasted where it's like hey drake is drake and everyone you know he has this persona about him but for some reason he keeps winning these battles this is weird like oh, I, drake, I think that he was shoved down our throats um oh boy <laughs> yeah he exhibits, he exhibits a lot of light-skinnedness and it annoys the <laughs> hell out of me um and i just think that he benefits a lot from white pr- proximity in this way that's kind of gross that no one ever talks about. I think it's the grifter. It's the grifter scheme. Like Drake's a grifter and he grifted better than Meek Mill. And, and he's uh, also yeah. kind of a perv too. Like, and I think, yeah, to Melanie's <laughs> point, I think he just has a way bigger white fan base and that's like what gets him to win. Yeah. So I'll give Drake this, at least in the in the Meek Mill battle sense. I was like, yo, just song for song. Yeah, no, no, Drake, Drake won this. This like I don't again, I've made more other people like more excited about Meek Mill. I, I've tried. And I've just it's one of those things where like everyone tells you something, so maybe you like inflate it more, and then when you're disappointed, you just won't let it go, which <laughs> you know fittingly enough like we're talking about drake because like that's how i feel about every drake album like i've been successful in just like not following the hype or not giving into the hype but someone they got me last year i was like i guess i'm gonna listen to certified lover boy i guess i'm gonna do it and then <laughs> you know and then i did i was like damn it damn it you got me again this is wow. this is another mediocre At two oh At two oh he has he has three songs Ooh, three three songs that i might revisit Woo! what what a guy top of the industry like it's not like i'm on the west coast where where kendrick is and i could just be like oh yeah we've actually got the guy here why do i care about drake why why do people go oh it's drake cole and kendrick like no it's not no it's not i don't I, I mean, like, oh. Drake has a factory. Drake has a factory working for him. So. I get it. He he makes you know makes the hit songs and like you said, he has a factory where everyone's gonna, you know, it's made for TikTok or it's made for these things. It's made for this audience that's gonna you know blast it out there. Who cares how good or bad it is? But it's just like you know, if we're having this conversation in twenty years, 
Is it going to be the... Is it going to be the same conversation? Is it going to be, are people really going to be like, yeah, it was, it was Drake, Cole, and Kendrick? It was, you know. We may be look, talking about Adonis in 20 years. Are, are, are people really checking for Cole like that? <laughs> no, also people mention Cole like that. People mention him, but like, <laughs> let's, let's be real. Like, I, I don't understand, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to be generous. I'm really <laughs> trying to be generous, but it's just like, how is this comparable? How? In what route? Like, okay, you know, Drake's had some, he's had some very big, you know, pop singles. Great. All the albums are trash. Like, just progressively, tra- like, I don't get it. It's like J. Cole is the hero of, people who think they're saying something but they're really not like <laughs> woo, good wonderful meanwhile kendrick's like hmm, classic 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 oh you want me to do a soundtrack i'll make that good for you know marvel we'll make it good well it doesn't matter it's like oh but but he hasn't released an album in four years or whatever i mean they so- haven't caught up yet does it matter yeah i mean people oh. are still waiting that tells you everything you yeah. need to know like, I'm sorry. It's not, uh, I, I don't know. But then, like, I recently started doing, uh, like, middle school talks and PPS. So I also have to, like, I was trying to, like, put it in perspective. Like, okay, I'm 33. What, what do I know? Because, you know, kid, kids will ask me about, you know, like, in this last one, kids ask me, like, who's your favorite rapper? Like, I'm, I'm in there talking. Keep in mind, I'm talking about, like, my career and journalism like open up the questions the kids like so who's your favorite rap duo it's just like whew. um i feel like anything i say i'm just gonna get some looks because i'm old i'm old and like i got to that i got to that point several years ago where i just stopped trying and i was just like <laughs> yeah you know like things that come my way and then i mess with cool but like i'm not i'm just not as you know uh I'm just not out there like seeking stuff out like I used to. Mm-hmm. So every t- every time I go in these classes, it's like little Dirk, little Dirk, little Dirk, little Dirk, little Dirk, and I'm just like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm 33. I, <laughs> I, I I believe you. I just I just have to make one one caveat that I've realized. It's like, okay, <laughs> whenever someone says something give it like two or three years like if they're still there okay fine i i give it like cool but like you know if it's one of those like takashi six nine cases where it's like (laughs) well you know this isn't i'm gonna predict this won't age well or even or actually i'll I'll even give takashi six nine credit because like i feel like i heard a snippet of something where i was like okay i could see how that could work but then there's like i remember when i would see like and this today on Hot 97, Lil Xan. And it's like, how did this ever, how? I, I don't know. Like, have you ever listened to a Lil Xan song? No, no. no I'm like aware of him, but I've never listened to a song. But. At first I thought you meant Lil Zane. That's how little I know this person <laughs> was mentioned. Because I, I remember oh. Zane. <laughs> so, so do I. <laughs> no, I just like Lil Zan, who's like, uh, I don't want to call him. 
so I'm not going to misrepresent his uh, racial background. I'll just say, uh, how can I put this? It's very, uh, like, what if we just made Post Malone, like, 15 years younger and took away all his redeeming values? Like, what what, 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 what does Post Malone have redeeming values? Yeah. What (laughs) redeeming values does Post Malone have? Especially after he said that nonsense about hip hop. Now you have to explain yourself. (laughs) What what is Lil Zan? No, like, it wasn't even the the thing. Like, when that was happening, it wasn't, he wasn't even known for the music. He was known for just like disrespecting rap legends in interviews. He was like, like, I don't know who Tupac is or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That that was his big thing. That's funny. <laughs> this is big thing. It's just like, why are we doing this? Like, I, part of me is like, I'm looking at, you know, like watching these like Hot 97 interviews and thinking, you yeah, know, this is part of the job. This is what you do. But like, do I feel sorry for you right now? Like, if you are like 45 years old, you've grown up covering hip hop, you've worked all this stuff to like get to this point of being like a, a real influencer in the culture on the radio and all that. And like, I, I don't know, I just look at someone like Ebro because he was actually in Portland for like a long time. Like, and then you gotta be on here on the rundown one day, you come to the office and they're like, so we got Lil Xan here for you. You're just like, like, what is that feeling? Like, like you, 15 year old white kid. <laughs> you've done all this to like climb to the mountaintop or whatever, whatever dirt you've had to do, however, whatever horrible things you've had to do to be successful in the public sphere just so you could interview Lil Xan like you know whatever we've said before about not excusing people for terrible things I take that back this world's a horrible place and you get put (laughs) in positions where it's just like I see why people snap now it might be weird even in the context of Kanye, that still doesn't work because it's just like it's been extended to period. But I feel like I get it. Like if I were if I were in, you know, a position of power, but the power I give up is like my actual booking. So people just throw me stuff when I come into the office that day and someone said, you got to interview Lil Zan. Yeah. Yeah, let's throw it all away. So who cares? <laughs> this world is not worth it. <laughs> uh, That's what happens when yeah, hip hop becomes a uh, pop culture, right? I mean, hip hop pop yeah. culture for what, like almost three decades now. Three I would decades say since mm-hmm. the nineties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I. I will say I'm really glad that that didn't, you know, like people tried with Takashi for like three years. I'm really glad like the Lil Xan thing, like they tried it and it just didn't work, mm. you know, because there's other people they pushed on us who continue yeah. going. We we may or may not have mentioned them, but yeah, God, I'm glad that didn't work because that's <laughs> depressing. <laughs> what Lil Xan is up to these days. <laughs> Like, I'm stopping myself from, like, making insensitive, like, rehab remarks. Again, you notice what I did there where I just, like, I'm stopping myself. I'm being responsible by not doing this thing. Let me just allude to it so I can still be an asshole on camera, but I'm aware. 
Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> I forgot about Takashi. Yeah. I did too. Was it on oh, that, purpose? That, that, <laughs> that happened. Because <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he's out there trying to like make music, but it's probably like really rough now. I mean, like, I don't hear about it, so I'm like, I'm sure it's failing. You know, but I just remember like when he first like he got out of prison, and then like the first thing he did was like this collab with Nicki Minaj, and mm-hmm. he was just like, this is. You said tracks. This is what? What do you? What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, you know, Nicki Minaj had a had like an interview with uh, Kevin Samuels. That is shocking information. <laughs> you look shocked. You look... Just, uh, I am stunned. However, this have happened. There's no way. Nicki Minaj is such an upstanding. Wait, Bruce, would you, would you if if Kevin Samuelson or whatever his name is reached out to you, would you do an interview with him on your show? So, up until you literally asked me, the answer would have been a very easy no. <laughs> but we've we've kept talking through this, and we keep coming back to this point of like. What is the point of morals? What is the point of scruples? You know, why do you keep it? nodding when Bruce asks the question? <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm over it, Melanie. Just, I'm over it. This is gonna be like a turning point day. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like everybody like on social media in 2022 is like embrace your villain. So I was like, all right, I guess it's for today. <laughs> oh my. Oh. But it's funny you ask just because, uh, you know, what was it like last week or whatever, where everyone was focused on Joe Rogan Mm -hmm. and the whole you had these people coming out who was like, okay, yeah, no, obviously I don't endorse this. Like I'm I'm a black person in media. I I cannot endorse a white white person just throwing out the N word like a a million times on this clip. I look foolish. But also like my friend uh, who runs this like black youth organization for some reason joe rogan interviewed him and you know quadrupled or quintupled his you know following and donations and things so i get the platform and he has 11 million followers and whatever whatever so when you ask me that question i'm just like you know on one hand there's like uh again scruples morals just general self-respect but on the other hand it's just like i go on a show with kevin samuels you know, the attention's going to come and, you know, wouldn't it be easier to mend the things after you get like, you know, a million followers and all, all the good stuff that, you know, comes with just being a part of the Griff show. Isn't it easier to make things right once the money and the attention's there as opposed to just not getting any at all? And I'm like, hmm. Or there's the optimistic side that will never happen but that people always will say if they're like considering this, but are also like really self-aware of the audience where they're like, yeah, I would have Kevin Samuels on my show and I would challenge him on all these things he said and we would have a real dialogue. No, you wouldn't. Like, even if you tried, this man is practiced at making sure that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> is there anything in, in, his, in his show that indicates that he responds to logic or common sense? Like, no, 
<laughs> I don't know why people think that they would be the one. <laughs> like, like if if Kevin if Kevin Samuels is on this show, I know it's going to be an hour and a half of fuckery. Like, I'd have to prepare for that. So, like, I think it's a good point of like, yeah, you gain a million followers, and yeah. then you only have to apologize to like maybe ten thousand of them. But also, wait, but what, would you <laughs> would you retain those million followers though? Good point. I think a lot yeah. of people like it's like I think a lot of people follow more than they unfollow. So you know, people yeah. will follow you and maybe forget about you. Maybe you like just don't make any more content for a while and just like fly under the radar or something. Um, but who knows? Like who knows? Like what doors it opens on your resume to have Kevin Samuels on that too. You know, maybe Joe Rogan could be the next guest. Yeah, just like you know, you were just you were trying this business model of integrity for so long, and then you were just like, "Wait, wait, what are we doing?" Okay, here's the attention. Here's Kevin Samuels. Now we go to Joe Rogan. Now we're in. We're in there. Who cares? And what do I have to give away? What do, what do I have to sacrifice? Yeah. All of a sudden, you start eating better. Um, <laughs> you, you got you can afford the oh, Netflix. So that's a yes, is what you're saying. Yes. So it's a no only because, it, among other things, I'm my problem is that I'm stubborn. Like I will, you know, I'm not like super confrontational person, but also like I just I just have a hard time just doing shit I don't really want to do where it's like okay yeah this is really obviously a problem like no 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 we're not like there's there's all this stuff to be gained but just no I don't want I mean I feel like LO prepared me well for that actually just to like bring things around full circle because I was presented with these like opportunities to like oh fun Fun story. So told you I played basketball, but also like I have like my growth spurt in like kindergarten. So like I was always big, right? Which means all the white people in town, like, you should play football. You have to play football. Or they'll even even more direct about it. Like, I need you to be a blocker for my son. Like, (laughs) (laughs) right. So one coach offered me, I think it was like eighth grade. Literally offered our family free steak dinners for a year if I joined the football team. I shit you not. Oh my God. <laughs> and like, you know, it could have been free steak dinners for a year, but and at, at that, and at least at that age, or again, like other people hadn't like caught up to me yet. Like, I feel like most of the time I would have spent like inflicting harm on people versus having harm inflicted on me so how bad would it have been really but still (laughs) just no no it wasn't wasn't gonna happen so yeah I couldn't I couldn't do a Kevin Samuels interview and trust me I would I would go to war with myself just like but the money but the followers but the attention but also I'm in that sweet spot right now where None of my numbers matter because they're so small. <laughs> like I could just be like, oh yeah, I'm 
actually focusing on the integrity of my work. I can quote unquote, find my voice and all that. Like, I don't have to, it's almost tragic to me to like what, I shouldn't say tragic, but like watch shows I love where they're like, okay, so we're changing our format because uh, we're also applying for these acting gigs and all the agents are like, yeah, if you don't have this many followers, if you don't get these numbers, uh, we can't fuck with you. So we're just changing up the show. It's like, ah, damn it. I don't pay you, so I can't tell you what to do with your professional careers, but also this seems wrong. So, you know, I luckily do not have to be tempted by Kevin Samuels because <laughs> why? Like, well, I'm not I'm not in that sweet spot of just like, there's just enough incentive here. I've dipped my toes into the grift just enough that I can't leave yet. And there's so much opportunity, I might as well take it. Like, I'm just random artist doing stuff and I can continue doing that so yay <laughs> <laughs> I won't I will not be selling out just yet all right now to be clear <laughs> <laughs> the time is always there it could always come I, I know the world I live in who, who knows maybe someone will come I just need a, I need a more tempting offer than Kevin Samuels. You, know? you, need, a, you need a better price. I need a, lifetime yeah. steak dinners. Lifetime steak. Yeah. I need a better price than Kevin Samuels. I need a better price than Joe Rogan. I said it. Is there, wait, I mean, logistically speaking, is there a bigger price than Joe Rogan? That would be the ticket. That would be the one. If you're See, this is two hundred million. I want to take that. I want to take that Kanye spirit we talked about. Let's. You know what? We can't like save the world or whatever, but you know what we can do? We can up the price for selling our souls. We can normalize. We can, you know, have more respect for yourself for giving away your self-respect. Let's <laughs> let's do that. Let's raise let's raise the price. I, that's that's a mission I can get behind. I'll sell out, but you're selling you know, high. Yeah. Yeah, I'm selling out. You know, pull the, pull. when they go low, we sell high. Yes, <laughs> Kanye's out here like you will pay two hundred dollars for my stem player or whatever. Oh, I don't understand any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna pay me to sell my. <laughs> All right, so we are closing in on two and a half hours. Master We're about to go to segments. Yeah, let's get right. into segment. Go segment after the other real quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think this is going to be a three-hour episode. We might have to break it into pieces. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about like, oh, y'all, y'all run pretty, pretty like lengthy conversations, but yeah, I, I have tangents, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to indulge me on my thoughts on like Kanye and Drake and Grift. Yes. We we could be here. We could be I think here. we spent like 45 minutes on the Grift. So. Well worth it. Well, speaking yeah. of which, I should actually, if Max is gone, I should, I should get more. I should drink more. Okay. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay, so now it is time for our segments. Um, first up, Celie's glass of water, uh, a special segment um, for people who are doing the most with the absolute least. Oh, Mr. Talking Trash About Shug. Folks don't like nobody being too proud or too free. Um, this one goes out to Netflix. Netflix, let me holler at you for a second. I've been, for better or worse, a day one Netflix subscriber. Going back to when I used to receive DVDs in the mail. That's how long I've been messing with y'all. As such, I've seen you come up in the game with some original content and programming of varying quality, some of which I've enjoyed, <laughs> especially during the Pantera. However, I remember the shadiness with Monique. I remember the multiple year bullshit with the transphobic comedian that y'all keep paying. And I definitely noticed that a lot of your original programming seems to have some recurring issues with colorism. And now, and now I hear that unless I want basic SD and don't have friends and family relying on me, logging in under my umbrella, that you are raising your prices to $20 a month. Let me tell you something. I don't know who you think you are or what kind of programming you are under the, you are under the delusion that you think your library contains, but you are not of $20 a month caliber, not by a long shot. HBO Max charges $15 a month and they have hits, blockbusters, simultaneously streaming theater movies. And I still wouldn't pay $20 for that. Y'all need to have a long meeting with your CFO and your accounting department and get information because I am not shelling out $20, 20 American dollars per month in the middle of an economic downturn and an ever surging pandemic to watch your D-list movies when HBO and my DVD player are right there. Miss me with the bullshit. Stop smelling yourself and get some self-awareness. I'm done. Damn. Netflix, y'all suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 20 bucks is a month is a lot. It's, there's no way in hell. But <laughs> oh, the, the game, the streaming service game, man. Yeah. Like, there's only there's only like 30 of them. Like, yeah. This is totally more affordable than like cable or satellite or something. Yeah. Uh, Max, are you doing your segment? Just the facts with Max. <laughs> I'm stating facts, 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 facts. Sudan has more pyramids than any country in the world. Not only does Sudan have more pyramids than Egypt, but the numbers aren't even close. While 138 pyramids have been discovered in Egypt, Sudan boasts around 255. Wow, that's amazing, Max. Who would have known? Yeah, you know, the last time you did that, the, the fact was really depressing. I know. <laughs> I know. So I sound like a moron, but okay. Maybe you can warn me of the mood that you're dropping in. Just whatever I find on my Google, my Google search bar. Okay. It becomes the latest fact. All right. Okay. So the next segment we're going to do is y'all could have kept that, um, where we talk about something that dropped in like media culture and we rate it on a scale of one to 10, one being I don't care and 10 being that thing should have just not ever happened or existed. So I was originally going to do State of the Union, but I changed it because you are here 
um, and there's something going on um, in your industry um, pertaining to the current war. Um, and I wanted to talk about it. So there is a journalist, a reporter, a black journalist who is in the Ukraine. Um, they have a background um, in that culture. So, you know, I'm not debating or talking about whether or not they should be there, but they were flat out asked on Twitter um, at a pretty, you know, relevant clip, which is understandable, what their thoughts are on um, what's going on with the African um, people who are struggling at the border and like um, being turned away or stuck there. And this journalist flat out said, I'm not over there. I don't know what happened, what's happening. Please don't ask me, I don't know. So what I wanna know is one, was the journalist really like, because they are black, did they have to issue a statement on that addressing it? And two, is there some sort of like accountability or responsibility to understand what's going on within the diaspora, even if you're in a different country? So. Right, right. So for the, for the listeners, we're talking about uh, Terrell Jermaine Starr in uh, the yeah, Ukraine. I wasn't going to name names, but okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, he's out there. I mean, let's be honest. Like, you say black journalists in the Ukraine. That, that's, that's kind of a guy. Uh, but, oh, so it's interesting with him just because, like, I'm a follower of the Ben Dixon show. So I've actually, they've had him on before. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to get somewhat, like, not super familiar with his work, but, you know, I've seen him number of times before this moment mm -hmm. generally like you know like some of the stuff he's doing but also then i saw his like he had his yeah the response you referenced very diplomatically i should say referenced mm -hmm. earlier in this segment because it was worse and where i was just like on one hand i understand like a couple of things one like if you're not if you're not actually like at the border trying to in a war zone and you're trying to speak on what's happening in a war zone at the border like i do get like you're just like look i'm not there i can't tell you firsthand like what's what mm -hmm. and also like if you're because one just like anti-blackness is everywhere so i just assume if you're in the ukraine and you're able to like move around and thrive to whatever extent you've probably made some concessions to people around there to make that happen so when incidents like this come about there's going to be some pressure on you to uh not make a super big deal about it that's not saying it's okay by any means but you know i recognize that that's like a thing mm -hmm. that said you know when you know Putin invades Ukraine and you know everyone's changing their you know changing their uh, statuses or whatever, putting Ukrainian flags and their stuff, and it's like, and all wars happen other places, right? Uh, you know, other places get invaded. Uh, this is 
this is weird. You're doing a lot. But this is the one where it's civilized people. Oh, God. Well, I don't like crime. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They look just like us. Yeah, this is a... Yeah, what was, it, what was it the one reporter said? It was like, this happened in a civilized, like, European country. Yep. Like, they, they don't even... It's, the funniest part is, you know, because especially, again, in this, like, equity field or this diversity field, you you deal with so many people who are trying so hard to at least appear as if they care, or at least are trying to, like, you know, say the right things, or, like, not say other things. And then... The moment there is like a real threat to like a large group of white people, that goes out the window. Like they, yeah. they don't even try anymore. But, anyways, so yeah, with uh, you know Terrell Star, mm-hmm. I keep saying the name, but again, yeah, keeps- everyone knows the journalist we're talking about, or <laughs> 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 whatever. Uh, yeah, he, no, he just he comes out with this response like you know don't don't ask me don't ask me like and it's a little it's a, I'm trying to be sympathetic of like okay there are other factors both that he will admit on the screen and that are definitely off screen that are going on with that but you can't like if people ask you hey uh, what's happening like we see these images of like African immigrants being denied the ability to flee the country. <laughs> And you see them like doing this whole uh, caste system. It was like, okay, if you're if you're this brown, you're after all the white people. If you're this much browner, you're that. And if you're black, you're last, whatever. And you're just like, man, stop asking me. I'm while also billing yourself as the reporter of the scene. I'm just like, um the marketing and the product don't line up and uh, you can understand where some people might be upset with the fact that the marketing and the product you're producing don't line up in this moment. But I don't know. So I, I was not particularly thrilled with, you know, his response just because again, even if you are compromised and like you are in a position where you're like, yeah, I gotta do some fucked up shit. Like, there are ways to spin this. I work in communications. There, like, <laughs> you could have you could have edited that tweet a few times before you hit the send button. You really like there were better ways to be like, oops, I can't do anything. Like, there I've watched people spin bullshit all my life. You could have done better. But on the other hand, of course, it's like the flip side of where if a black person puts themselves out there doing anything, we hold them to the standard that we don't hold anyone else to. And we're like, you have to be everywhere. You have to do this, do this. In the moment I see that you have not done X, Y, Z, you are the problem. I will say, I will (laughs) back on that. I think that a lot of black people just assume that white journalists are trash to begin with. So like, that that is a valid point (laughs) yeah i yeah i you know what (laughs) i can't i I can't argue with that uh that said you know i do i think journalism is important i think covering you know having voices out there because yeah these stories you know 
I guess having information, the idea of just like making information available sometimes gets overplayed. Like we're saving the world. Like, no, but like, it's just a part of how the world works. Like, yeah, you got to talk about what's happening. You got to document these things. So, you know, when people are like, well, you know, Terrell Star, why did you do this? And it's like, but we, we do see this footage, right? Like that didn't actually stop us from knowing this information if we're actually like looking at it, right? Like that didn't stop us from doing, you know, he's going to do whatever he's going to do. But like, we do have this information. This did get out. There's, you know, well, you know, the Ukrainian government do anything about it. Who knows? Probably not. Like, <laughs> it's white people in distress. They don't. <laughs> well, well, do I expect them to do anything responsible on behalf of anyone else? Of course not. <laughs> okay, so the the Twitter um, response on a scale of one to ten, one being no big deal, the ten being you really just should have not said anything. Where does that rate with you? You're saying the Twitter response to him. Yeah. That, that's the first part. The second part is just not having, like not having a response at all. Like not having an opinion. Hmm. One's Ted on the Twitter response. This might be controversial. Honestly, it's like a three to me. Really? Like, okay. Okay. Like, you, you did seem to have problems with the Twitter response. Yeah. Like it, it, that's the thing is like, I don't, Again, his uh, his Twitter response. Okay, actually, let me clarify. Are we talking about the Twitter response to him or his Twitter response? His Twitter response. Ah, okay. So that's different. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) that might be more like a six Mm -hmm. of like, because I can definitely understand how it happened as someone who. Now, occasionally feels some way and it's just like I'm gonna you know what I'm just gonna throw this one out here and this may not be uh the most thought out thing but I'm feeling a kind of way and mm-hmm. someone will not leave my dms alone so we're just gonna put this out here I get that but also like god this, this is not a good look like the, mm-hmm. you really could have done better with this yes as far as his lack of response yes that's part two Lack that of response is, of violence happening towards people within the diaspora um, and having no opinion, no visible opinion of it or public opinion of it. Yeah. So like I said, because I've watched him on appearances and, you know, they brought him on a bunch of shows mm-hmm. very recently, obviously, because of the invasion. Yeah. So he's talked about like, yeah, I'm not just covering this thing, but I'm also out here trying to help people get to safety in this effort or whatever so you know there's the plausible deniability of being like look i've literally been busy trying to help people escape in wartime i'm sorry like but like okay you are you are a journalist you have built yourself as a person providing all this kind of information and context that we're not going to get otherwise in this place and just in general you are a human being who has seen enough of like you see these videos you've been a black man in the world for like 40 years mm-hmm. like to to be presented with the information and then just be like no, i can't help you i, I have no thoughts I, I wasn't there i don't know come on uh that 
I feel like an A is harsh, but at the same time, also just like, again, you, you, you could, there was so almost all the way, like, I'm not going to say it was the worst possible response because, you know, we could have been out there like, fuck them. That was an option. Like, you, you could just be like, look, I'm doing my thing, uh, you know. I'm out here doing my journalism thing, support my cash app, fuck them. And then just moved on. And I mean, I mean, I have seen in real time um, black media personalities do just that. Like the Trevor Noah show, he brought up um, the Greek refugees and he turned it into this joke. Like, so there are worse responses, but you do make a good, a good point. So like, like, I feel like that shouldn't be the bar we judge on, but but for the record, <laughs> it is kind of the bar we judge on. Like, yeah, we're, we're all used to being disappointed, right? So yes. part of us is just like, I mean, yeah, this is bad, but okay, we've seen some shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess I guess I give it an eight. eight. Yeah, an eight. Okay. Just all right. Yeah, it just feels like it could have like basic. Basic humanity, again, maybe, I don't know, basic humanity, self-preservation, because, yes, I get it, you're, you know, you're a Black American journalist, and, you know, just being, like, an American anywhere else, like, in the world, like, there's social capital with that. That's true. But at the same time, you do realize, when they have a choice between random white person number four and you... <laughs> do you think this is gonna play out yeah you're not gonna <laughs> like, like that ending <laughs> not, you, you you do see that's gonna be you that might be you next week like <laughs> like we're and we're just being real about it you might be helping people get to safety in the shelter just so they can be like and fuck you goodbye <laughs> like that's a very real possibility so it's just like you gotta you know you're you're there. You are a living, breathing human being in this environment. You are a journalist. You have the context of all this. And again, I've seen him speak on other things before to know it's like, yeah, because I know like the thing is like for most people, like this is their introduction to his work. Yeah. It's a bad one. <laughs> but like I, I've seen his stuff before to be like, okay, you've, I know you're not like even the response you gave it's harsh to say like it's not real because like I've seen how you think before I've seen how you've talked in these other conversations to act like you were just like so distant from that yeah that's not that's not real I I know that's not like some people because yeah we're all familiar with people who have they walk through life and they've been able to manage that cognitive dissonance of their black identity. That, that's real. But like, you're not that person. I know you are not that person, but in this moment of, you know, your test in life or whatever, that's what you did. Like, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I try to be, I really do try and be empathetic, I guess of like, what would I do if the shit went down? Or what would I do if this went down? But then I think about earlier in our conversation, we're like, 
what would you do if Kevin Samuels reached out to you? And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> I actually, it's not that difficult. <laughs> it actually just maintains some integrity. I don't know, like, I don't know the long game. Like, maybe I just haven't studied Ukrainian, like, political dynamics enough. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this investment will turn out like five years and we'll just be like, damn, is Joe Rogan and Terrell Starr the biggest, <laughs> biggest names in entertainment? What, what was I thinking? I could, I could be wrong. I'm willing to be open to new information, but it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bleak, bleak future. What about you, Max? What do you write? What do you write? <clears throat> Twitter response and then the lack of an opinion regarding um yeah for me i feel like back up a little bit because this whole the whole ukraine russia invasion has or like maybe more like the response to it um has just been so like frustrating because again i think like as was touched upon um you know when two when a white country gets invaded the amount of like media attention we've seen around this compared to like the invasions that are going on you know like other parts in the world the black and brown countries that are being invaded um the ongoing wars and like the fact that we've never seen any such sort of like response to any of this um has been like really frustrating and um but obviously like you know not like eye-opening just like more of just like reaffirming this like um anti-blackness that exists globally and then you know you're only waiting like i feel like for me i was just like waiting for like this kind of news to come out because like i feel like um yeah we're thinking about these countries and like we're thinking about like oh yeah like people being oppressed and like people should you know have sovereignty and like you know pick their like democratically democratically elected uh leaders and not be invaded um you know like i agree with that for everybody but then you're like oh yeah but like you forget oh yeah these are like two racist white countries and like how long for like this news to come out of like oh all these like african um refugees are like stopped at the border it's like oh yeah like because like at first like there's there's a there was this other part where it's like some like ukrainian person like on some news clip talking about like um you know, where refugees were humans, like people are not seeing us as humans anymore. Like, you know, we need to like escape and get over there. And the back of my head is like, you know, like Africans have been like trying to like um, <clears throat> go to like Europe for years, you know, and like we hear about like the Mediterranean like passings and all this stuff and like how like anti-black it is and how nobody wants like black refugees and stuff like that. But then like this like white, you know, woman, being just like so be like we're humans you know this like when it becomes like a about like a white person narrative you're like oh yeah let's open the borders but then as soon as it's like black ukrainians they're like oh ooh, and like poland's like oh actually though like oh you're ukrainian but oh yeah and it's just like of course like of course that story's gonna come out like of course we're gonna see like it's gonna like if it wasn't already obvious like the anti-blackness of this whole thing like it becomes obvious in like these moments or like the way like the world like focuses on it like the kind of attention it gets like in the UN and NATO and like all these like political bodies like and then this thing happens you're like yeah of course so like um yeah and then especially too like you know I feel like we live on like social media so I'm just like you know in my own social media just seeing like all these like 
you know, Ukrainian people or like Ukrainian like support. And then, yeah, like everybody's putting like the Ukraine flag or like these different ways of like supporting Ukraine or whatever. Um, but then again, you've never seen any of this like outpouring for like black and brown nations that are like being invaded or stay occupied or whatever. Um, reality. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so that for me is like, still, I'm just like, kind of just like in disbelief, not really like in disbelief, but just like detached from it. I guess a, a little okay. bit for like for those reasons um but then yeah like I feel like with a journalist I feel like um I do feel like the sense of like being a black person and like not ever like feeling that like obligation to speak to black things um but then I also feel like as a journalist yeah like I could see like why maybe that's a different category for you it's not like you're just like a random person walking down the street you're like this like journalist with this specific like expertise so i could also see <laughs> why some people may think you could like have something informative to add to the conversation um all right so you had to tell me the rating system <laughs> okay. so, um the rating system one to ten one being eh, whatever to ten being you, you just never should have said or done this thing or this needs to not exist so both Part one is the Twitter, his Twitter response. And part two is his lack of opinion about this thing happening. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I get it. Like I get being like a part of a thing and mm -hmm. like, but I could also see like as a person being like frustrated or annoyed and be like, I don't want to talk about it. It feels like, like going, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, so I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to my number, but um. <clears throat> maybe four to five for his Twitter, his Twitter. Okay. And then maybe like, I can also get somebody's like personality if they're like, oh, I already said I was, I didn't want to talk about it. And now you're pressing me to talk about it. Like I'm going to like double down on not wanting to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I also understand that like, maybe, you know, you occupy this job, but then like, also like, I feel like he gets into the ideas of like professionalism and it's like, yeah, like why do you have to be your job all the time? Um, so maybe two to three. Wait, for which part? For the second part. Are you serious? I think I'm less bothered by his Are response. You for real? I think so. Oh my god! Oh, I think my logic has led okay. me to this point. Okay. All right. okay. Oh my god! I, no I love this conversation. Okay. Well, um, for me, the Twitter response is a six and a half. Um, and the lack of opinion for me is a smooth eight and a half. I think it's appalling, personally. I, I, I get what you're saying, Max, about like the responsibility to say a thing about something that's happening um, uh, regarding Black people. Um, but at the same time, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, honestly. But like, I guess I like, also feel like you're not your job. And if he's like, I'm not being a journalist for this like next week, I'm taking like me time. I'm not gonna like answer questions about it. And like, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I just really... go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I feel like as someone who was started off a little bit more lenient and then moved <laughs> closer to Melody, like uh, it, it would be one thing, like I'm, I'm taking a break. I, we're going through some times here. Uh, I'm going to you know, help people at the shelter and then I'm going to go home and relax. 
that'd be one thing. But if you are, again, billing yourself as the journalist of this moment and that you are covering the things and like I'm in the thick of it, I'm a war reporter, you know, I don't even like want to like shame him for being like, this is my cash app because like, yeah, doing survival stuff i get that yeah he did do that but once you do that and then you're like but i can't talk about the black people then i'm just like ooh, i feel like we we've crossed that special line of just like uh uh, no 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 that's not no don't do don't do that yeah no please don't (laughs) yeah and just like to to build up what you said max you said you are not your job, but he is quite literally building capital off of his job, off of his expertise. Yeah, no, now that I've heard that stuff, like maybe I missed that earlier, but yeah, like if he's like been like jockeying that for a while, then I feel like that is a different story. Um, So yeah, if now knowing that additional bit of information. I feel like I'm (laughs) doing No, 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 like it's one thing if he's like, hey, I'm just like, I'm just a person here, but it's another thing is like, oh i'm i'm the journalist like i'm the person you should come to and then he's just like avoiding a very specific question but like answering other questions like when the story is painted like that i'm like oh yeah that's that's some bullshit for sure yeah and um yeah like i think that's fucked up if you're not giving specific information but you're like telling telling um the news about white people so now that i now that i hear it a little bit better or understand it better um i can see i can see the why he could have kept it as quickly want to say that like he's a it's not just that he's built himself as you know the journalist of this moment but like he like he very consciously knows he's getting bookings on a lot of these shows it's like you're the black american journalist in the ukraine at this moment and you're on the ground like he's definitely been doing that like i said i i feel like i have a little bit like lenience or understanding for some of the things kind of like you alluded to of just like look everyone's coming at me uh I'm just trying to get by but yeah like I said before the marketing and the product uh they don't there's a disconnect and I just like he is a person who is well seasoned in his job at his craft there are ways like Bruce, you said you took communications. You like people in this industry know how to craft their responses, how to craft their answers. He could have framed this in such a way where he could have offered his opinion without commentary about what is happening on the ground that he didn't know about. Like he could have offered that up, some sort of opinion on, you know, how the treatment of African immigrants, even if he didn't know specifically what was happening at the border. And the fact that he consciously and very calculatedly chose to not address it at all, that hits a certain, I feel a way about that. I do, I just do, I'm sorry. I don't know. Would there be anything like if some story came out where you're like, oh, it turns out he did that for that reason. Is there anything that could make you sympathize with him more? Like what reason would that be? Maybe his job was on the line or something. Zelensky sent troops to his house. (laughs) They've got guns to his head. Like, if you talk about these African immigrants, (laughs) you will not be reporting anymore. (laughs) And we find out that, then I'm like, you know what? I I, I see. You you were under duress. They were going to kill you. Um, I feel like we need to talk about that because 
really kind of goes against us uh, putting all these flags in our uh, profiles and all that. But uh, you know, uh, you need to do that. Uh, just a just a real quick. No one asked for this, but you you had mentioned you were originally going to do the State of the Union. I'd just like to give that a ten as someone who didn't watch that. <laughs> I didn't watch it at all. I never do, but it's always a solid ten. Just okay. That's fair. That's fair. No, no filibustering, no explaining. I got, I got a ten for that, pretty much every time. I mean, fund I'm, the police. We need to fund the police. I, I feel a sense of <laughs> obligation to try to watch. I could only get through twenty minutes of it, to be honest. Um, and I'm gonna give it a smooth nine and a half, because you know, ten is like, you know, that there's got to be like nuclear war involved for ten. <laughs> the <laughs> fires of Mount Doom. <laughs> But nine and a half. Yeah, definitely nine and a half. That's what's respectful. I got, I got, we need something serious for a 10. I'm just like, but, but, nah, Joe Biden is speaking. I mean, he, he straight up said it's not about defunding the police. It's about funding the police with resources and blah, 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 which is about when I turned it off. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Making I'll... sure they have all the, the equipment for the book burning. It's great. But, that's the funniest, like, it's not funny, but it's funny. Because the same people will be like, yes, I believe, it took me three years, but I have evolved, and I do believe that Black Lives Matter. I do believe that we should listen to Black people. And then you'll just get a large segment of Black people like, so do, what about defund the police? No. No. <laughs> Stop that. We should, in fact, we should fund the police more. They need more money. That is what is going on with the society. That's the thing that's been, you know, their lack of funds. Even yeah, though there's a whole discretionary fund set aside for them to kill people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. They're struggling so hard. Yeah. You know, like when we talk about, because, you know, when we're talking about all the jobs that need to get paid more, mm-hmm. that, you know, don't have the benefits they need, that are doing the work. You know, we bring up the police. Like, yeah, you know, fuck teachers. Nah, 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 nah. Fuck, fuck all that other shit. You know what? The police, their benefits are terrible. That's why no one is, you know, applying for that. That's why no not that's why nothing's happening for them. Just it's it it's funny. And they're like quick with that shit too. Yeah. Like again, because they're in other cases. People pretend to be, you know, like we were saying before, people pretend to be considerate. People pretend like they're trying, but you know the certain buttons you push where it's like, oh, yep, yep. White, 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 white. We're just (laughs) going all out with it. We don't care. We're not even being considerate. Let's, what was it? Joe Biden had that, uh, I think it was another meeting about, it's like two years ago or something like with, uh or no not two years ago because a little bit last year sometime last year where it was like meeting with black civil rights groups and Mm. i feel like defund the police came up again and he just like shut that shit down immediately (laughs) it was like oh you know we we prompt this man up for like how understanding and how like he's just a regular guy he has the conversation but you hit certain buttons nope he he asserts that whiteness hard He gets on uh, was it, the Breakfast Club and tells Charlemagne, "You vote for him, 
you're not black. Sure. Sure. Just can I just add a point though about uh about the war that's like uh you know we talk about the anti-blackness in particular, we talk about just like the racism in general. Cause you know, I feel like whenever you break when you bring that up and you bring it like, why are you talking about this right now? People are under distress, people are it's a war. Why is it so serious? And you're like, okay, but uh, you are literally settling um, white, specifically like Jewish Ukrainians on occupied Palestinian land right now. Like, like that's like never mind that you know Palestinians live under uh, military occupation and massive, massive uh, human rights crimes that are you know not just like rumor like you know the un talks about these things and we only care about them they're saying things that work for us but yeah this has been acknowledged like human rights atrocity for uh, several decades and you're just doing the same thing like you're literally repeating the exact same thing that kind of uh started it Mm -hmm. and that people are mad about like in real time right now uh we don't we don't talk about no no it's the wrong time to bring it up you say uh Um, there's a problem here. It's like you're you are colonizing, you are recolonizing people in the name, but but the poor Ukrainians and like again, I I do feel bad for people in the country being invaded. I think I don't think that's particularly controversial opinion, but you know, you can't just like, hey, these other people who are being occupied from you know this thing that happened in World War II. And this decision we made in World War II, why don't we do the exact same thing they've been upset about for those several decades again? And how dare you talk about that? Like, it's, it's, um, yeah, the the cognitive distance is amazing. (laughs) Not to be uh, an asshole or reductionist, which I often am, I'll admit that, but I I don't feel that most Americans have the education of world policy or enough of an education of world policy to speak authentically about war abroad. Like, I honestly don't. I don't think most of us are equipped to do so. <laughs> like, yeah. we're just missing a lot of like the nuance and the context and just plain, like, we, we can't even agree on how to teach history of our own fucking country, like much less anywhere else. Um, and that's before you bring in the xenophobia that's inherent, but whatever. Like, so I just think that most of us just need to shut the hell up when we're talking about the wars abroad. Um, because um, Americans are usually pretty, com- like America are usually ends up being pretty complicit in most of them um, in ways that we don't understand. So I don't know. That's yeah, I mean, I feel like, this is like American business is like invading countries, overthrowing like um, governments, but it's only when some other country is doing it to another country that it becomes like an outrage. But like, obviously like we're doing it to like maybe like five people currently. Yeah. And then it's like, but nobody pays attention. It's like, oh yeah. Only when the, Ru- the bad Russians do it or something. One of the villains, one of the world villains do it. One of our assigned villains. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's just like, this is 
there's so many different like threads of just like cognitive dissonance involved in this. We're just like, so um, I see that you're upset about this. I see that you're bothered and you're very distressed about these images you're seeing from the Ukraine. But um, can I can I tell you about Iraq? Uh, how about Afghanistan? How about how about Yemen? Uh, how about Pakistan? Yeah. How about uh, have you heard of Africom before? Um, I'm guessing not, but uh, yeah, we have bases all over Africa. Uh, you know, maybe you remember that soldier from Niger or Niger uh, a few years ago. Remember that story? Yeah, it, it, we're doing this. Uh, we're we're invading places. We're um, assassinating people, uh, bombing you know whole communities and stuff. And uh, it's wrong, you know. And those people are. Uh, you know, the, the, the same, like, I know you, you heard the term refugee and you saw the picture of the Ukrainians, you were like, refugee's good. Mm -hmm. So now that we've crossed that bridge, let, let's just try this. Refugee, and then you see this brown face. What if you see this black face and you're like, also good. Just, just try it with me, please. Because, like, it's the same thing. It's, uh, <laughs> but no, 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 that would. See, like, I, I hesitate to be like, and I really need to just take on that stance you take, like, just a hard, like, no, 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 people should just shut the fuck up. Like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like I, I try to be all, like, democratic and diplomatic and be like, no, 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 we need to have dialogue. We need to express our opinions. We need to engage with these issues. But also, like, I say this as someone who, like, when I was in college, like, I was really big on like almost like turning it into a contest like not a contest but like kind of like a contest of like I am going to consume all this information I must be knowledgeable so like wake up in the morning turn on whatever news channel or whatever go to class like okay we have five minutes let me check all the headlines on Al Jazeera and then New York Times and then the Oregonian and then Scanner and Common Dreams and this, this is literally all throughout the day. Let me watch Democracy Now. Let me go to bed. What, what's a documentary I can watch about some geopolitical issue that I can go to bed and somehow enrich myself by osmosis? Osm yeah, os osmosis. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like that was just like my life for like two years until like, you know, other things in life happened. And it's like, this isn't sustainable. I think I'm having a panic attack. I should stop doing this. <laughs> And I think I definitely was. That wasn't cool. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I say that as someone who, you know, spent a lot of time like trying to like seek out and like be like, I actually want to understand, kind of understand as much as I can about the rest of the world, you know, like without, you know, traveling there and actually getting the stories and the real shit, but like as much as I can from this space. And one of the takeaways from that was just like, you know, the more you know, the more you realize, the more you are not qualified to speak on. And that, you know, okay, there's 8 million stories out of, you know, Africa and the Middle East today, but uh, what's happening in Honduras? Because, and anytime I ask myself that question, because it'll just come to me like every week and a half or something, I'd be like, well, let me just Google it. And every time it's just like, oh shit, 
this is a story everyone should know about. And I could do the same thing with like Nicaragua and everywhere else. And I was just like, there's too much information, but also I need this information because I because I realized the more I learn, the more I listen to, the more I sound like a jackass when I try and talk about this in front of other people because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> but also, again, you want people to engage. You want people to have some thought about it. But like you said, we are, especially as Americans, as the village idiots of the world, we are not qualified to talk about anything. We are not qualified, especially in any, in any conversation that involves anyone from anywhere else. Why? Why do we feel so important? Why do we feel like we have something to say? Because we never do. Never. We, there's... Like at best, we can point out the obvious. We can look at a group of black immigrants being denied access to get on a train and be like, this is bad. This is terrible. Someone should say that. Like we're qualified to say that kind of. But even then, we find a way to undermine our qualifications (laughs) to say that. I mean, I will say (laughs) that, that our lack of knowledge is purposeful. Um, it's something that's built into the structure of this country um, and it's calculated. I get that. Um, but I think also there's, there's a part of that, there's a part of that um, ignorance. Um, the only thing that I can compare it to is that of white people trying to understand racism while living in the veil of um, white supremacy, like living with the privileges. I think that Americans have that too. Like there, I think there's an implicit understanding that everything that we have, like, you know, pumping gas into our gas guzzlers and driving to work and living the lives that we live is predicated on violence done to others, you know, abroad. And I think there's a little bit of fear of delving into that or really trying to, you know, deal with it, so. I think that feeds into the ignorance as well. That's a that's a fair point. Like same way, uh, you know, when everyone talks about like political donations and like corruption, you're like, it's weird that Nancy Pelosi is so quiet right now. Oh yeah, that's (laughs) right. That's how that works. (laughs) Like it, I definitely, yeah. When you say that, that definitely makes sense. That checks out. Like. I just I still just can't get over like like there are very logical reasons for this but mm-hmm. I don't know we just we spend so much time engaging with just like the unrepentant ignorance of Americans like the the proud loud ignorance of Americans where it's just like yeah on one hand I I see those kind of like somewhat nuanced reasons for why we don't have shit to say in this but then also i just see you know too many people are like unironically like Mm. you know team america memes just in their life like even if they're on like you know more of like a radical politics side like when you get to like issues especially especially when you get outside of like u.s porters or it's just like we we proudly don't know so much and 
but we feel, but we still take on that American self-importance <laughs> of like, but our voices should be heard. I have the right to say this. <laughs> so you should hear me and take my point. Like, you know, you should take me as if I'm a serious person. And it's just like, but, but this is going off of nothing. There's nothing part of me that feels like <laughs> conflicted by that because because I feel like I, I totally feel that but then there's another part of me that's like it feels like gatekeeping when we're like only like people that are like mm. um, have this like pedigree or have this education are able to like have an opinion about something um, which like I get like in like conversations like oh you're talking about like countries you don't even know like where they are on the map or something like that but I think more abstractly, I like, oh, then I started struggling with the idea about, like, oh, then it becomes, like, who can speak to this issue? Like, who is well-versed enough or well-informed enough if somebody else is being, like, oh, you're not informed enough? And then, like, what what is the metric or what at what point, um, you know, is a dividing line or who's, like, making the decisions? Um, but I understand that, like, in terms of, like, have an opinion about the global issue but i'm just rambling now but i was thinking that's a fair point i guess it can be kind of gatekeepy especially like when the access to this kind of information is pretty closed off um in terms of american media again i i feel like a lot of that is done on purpose so i don't know i don't know how to deal with that honestly <laughs> Because, yeah, like, unless we're doing, like, Bruce, what you were talking about, like, combing through all of this media um, and, like, trying to get, like, this fair and balanced perspective, like, that is really difficult for your average human being to do. Like, that that's just hard. stuff that's available in English. Yeah. Keep in mind. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty fucking gatekeeping. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I like, I don't know, it's hard. It's difficult. When I was, like, 18 or 19, I was kind of like that. I used to... Um, feel like I need to consume all these medias but I was also like I thought I was like an anarchist at the time <laughs> but um but I was always so I was always going on like these like message boards or like info shops and just like reading their news and like reading news of like international struggle from all over the world I was like oh I need to go out and know like what's going on like very specifically like in Guatemala at this moment because like the teachers are striking or something or there would be like a, a worker strike in Mexico or something, you know, but then you're like, oh yeah, international solidarity, like, you know, act locally, think globally, like I should be aware of everything, every struggle going on in the world, but then somehow I'll find a way to like support it, you know, from where I am or something, but it does feel like it can be exhaustive, I guess. Wow. Even uh, that, even that, uh, trying to like that um aspiration of being aware of everything being up on everything it's like it's not you know like it's ideal but it's not it's not realistic because everywhere you know one there's stuff happening literally like if if i just like dedicated myself to stories in just lake oswego oregon i could fill up all my time if i really wanted to cover you know hey this city council person is actually a coke addict. You should probably know about this. <laughs> just put that out there. Like you do very, you know, there are people doing uh, 
all kinds of investigative work on shit that we don't think is important or whatever. And it could occupy all your time. And like with, even with these geopolitical issues, and that, that's why I kind of like emphasize, like it's one thing to like get it from news sources here and whether it's even news sources like that are, uh, you know, the international like Al Jazeera's or BBC's or someone who, you know, they realize there's a bunch of American consumers. So it's, you know, there's an incentive to make sure your stuff is, well, not so much the BBC because obviously it's in English, but like with Al Jazeera, like make sure that, you know, Al Jazeera English and all that. But like, it's, um, there's just so much going on. There's so much nuance. There's so much like, like even I've had to like, look at just like the way I look at issues. I've just kind of like take it for granted. Like we have to be solid. Someone told me I need to be solid in solidarity with this faction from this country because that's what you're doing. And then you like look into it more and it's like, well, actually there's a little bit more to it than that. You know, like we could have all like Cuba discussion, for example, of like how we engage with just like what's going on there and like the nuance of what's going on there or whatever and how that conversation plays out, you know, in American politics. And it's like all this stuff where you try and stay up on stuff as much as you can and you'll never, you never know enough. But also, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's hard to, you can't keep up with everything. Is I guess the short answer of it, you can try. And I think it's good to like be informed and try and be informed, but like you said, towards like the gatekeepy part of it is that they're not even standards to that because yeah. a lot of people who act as gatekeepers are not qualified to be gatekeepers when you really <laughs> unpack it. And even, you don't even really have to unpack it in a lot of cases, sometimes it's very obvious. Yeah. So like, what do you do? Like, only similar to what you said, I'm like, what do you actually do about that, right? Like, how do you, on one hand, like there's a clear information gap that is affecting how we approach and engage with this stuff. But on the other hand, like we don't, we don't know how to, we have a hard time not just getting information, but processing it in a way that's actually meaningful. Yeah. and actually uh you know meaningful and responsible and receptive etc cetera, etc cetera. so and then again it's the u.s where you know at least in maybe some other places they've you know like processes that should be boring and dry are boring and dry and they get stuff done like you know talk about like parliament in europe or something like in America, everything is fashion to be entertainment. So that also affects how we consume this information. For, I would say not the better, but it's also how people communicate. So if you choose to be like, no, I'm going to be, I'm just going to be, you know, C-SPAN and I'm just going to give you the information it's straightforward and I'm going to embrace the procedure and the boringness of this. What do you get? crickets yeah crickets everywhere. it doesn't matter you could be giving the secret to life it does not matter because it is not entertaining and no one cares and 
let me tell you about what's happening on season 20, whatever, <laughs> keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. Because that's what you really want to know about. Doesn't matter. Does not matter who's invading what. Does not matter what pandemic is happening right now. Like, I'm not trying to like undermine our whole conversation about Kanye from earlier. <laughs> but I realize like, as I'm ranting around that I'm about to do that. <laughs> so I was just like, no, we gotta like, it's shiny, it's there. And let's talk about it that way. And everything, all these issues we talk about, we gotta frame it in a way that's shiny so people care. Like you wanna feel like you can be involved with the Ukraine. You wanna feel like you can help somebody put this flag your profile you've done something you've shown solidarity like you don't even what what have you done what have you accomplished are, are the tanks still rolling through how, how much do you understand about the ukraine give oh you're getting viscerally angry what you understand about what's happening in the ukraine right now just give me a paragraph three to five sentences right now like how did we get here i don't know Never mind getting to like anti-blackness, which I don't know. Like, it's never it's never a surprise to me. Like, it's always funny to be to me. Like, Max, we were talking earlier. Like, we we've been hearing stories, about just the anti-immigrant, not anti-immigrant, simply anti-black and brown immigrant stuff. Like, you know, like the same in the same sentence, we're like lifting up Emmanuel Macron in France. Like, it's not. There's been no shortage of stories about how specifically Islamophobic and then more generally just racist their immigration policy and rhetoric continues to be. So when it actually like happens, like, oh my goodness, they're, they're denying African immigrants getting out of the Ukraine. I could have never seen this coming from all the anti-Blackness that has been happening the rest of the time. I'm shocked. <laughs> Y'all could have kept that. Yeah. <laughs> this um this goes back to like a little bit of a point earlier and, and then maybe like my last question statement thing. But um with this like the the amount of work potentially involved to like be knowledgeable on a topic, the amount of like noise out there, the amount of like grifters out there, especially now that we like, live in the internet and everybody can have a voice amplified, like sometimes I, I think about this idea that we're entering like a new like dark age not because like a lack of information but because of like an overabundance of it and like the fact of like the amount of effort and energy to like sift through it to find out what's even true is like it just like makes it all you know like negate itself for noise I'm just like wondering what you think about that or if you thought about something like that you know what you I must say, like I'm usually like the pessimist, so oh. I had not I had not thought of like, are we entering a new dark age? But like, damn, uh, <laughs> give you a run for your money. I will, I'll tell you that much. That you know what? Now that you say so, that that checks out. Like, and unfortunately, we're. So I'm gonna take another <laughs> sip before I, I make this point. 
<laughs> so that I can, I want people to know I, I'm drinking as I make this. So, you know, take these thoughts how you will. But as you said that, I was just like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we live in this interconnected world, you know, more so than ever, just technology, economies, whatever. Like, at least in the dark ages, you know, you had other parts of the world that were, you know, thriving and doing things and trying to, you know, just do what they do and help, you know, by doing that also help like advance society through their contributions. But now in 2022, we're, again, we're all interconnected. Like we can't, none of us can escape white nonsense. Is this more dangerous? Is this like, are we just all, can we all just like not escape the vortex? And does that mean, yeah, like, is, these new, is this new dark age just inevitable because of how interconnected we are and just the presence of white supremacy that, yeah, yeah the, the whites, the whites, <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I agree with you. In short, now that I thought about it, and we're we're fucked. Why are we not grifting? What are we doing? Max, seriously, I think, I think when you, you get broke. to the end result, you're like, oh, we're fucked. I guess. I feel like crazy. you broke Bruce during this um, podcast. <laughs> and I, don't I feel like I started <laughs> off broken, and we just <laughs> we just we just pushed it. First, off, I, I gotta ask though, like, on the record, what is your longest episode? Because I think this might be it, right? Yes. Here. <laughs> we're, we're, we're hitting on three uh, three hours and forty minutes now. I'll, hey, let's let's make history. Let's <laughs> <laughs> Max, do you agree with me? Or can you think of well, I know that we the one we did with with Ariella Ty was pretty long. We had to break that in. Because, yeah, that's what I was thinking that maybe we'll cut this episode into two. Yeah, but and then I was like thinking about like, I don't know, the Ariella one may have been like four hours. Okay, so maybe, maybe you're maybe you haven't hit it yet. Oh, oh, <laughs> I got more. One, I got more tangents. <laughs> Two, I brought I brought a full bottle. <laughs> okay, but I am also hungry now. So. Yeah, I've been thinking about. But, oh, I'm thinking about but, what but I'm, I'm having so much fun just, just ranting about <laughs> about things. Can we, do, we don't have more Kanye content. We can't go back. No. Well, I feel yeah, like we the Kanye, talk about Kanye is like but... a whole episode onto itself. <laughs> but I do think it is time for parting words. Okay. Oh, Melanie is ah. really hungry. I'm very She's being polite. She's I've been hungry polite. for like the last hour and a half. <laughs> Melanie, that's impressive. That's impressive. Right? I, almost. I tried to make history, but <laughs> no, nah, just, just couldn't hold on long enough. I gotta, I gotta desperately scramble for like. You gotta filibuster. What is a tangent uh, topic? Words. Yeah. Not, not even see. Like if I filibuster, I know you'll cut me off. But like if I just find <laughs> if I find the triggering thing, what else has happened? 
what else you have to find like I mean, what's a touchy subject between me and melanie and then see, <laughs> i'm sure we'll both talk about it this is why i should have <laughs> this is why i should have watched state of the union just so i could just pull out more just random joe biden i'm serious when i say just like i don't need to hear what joe biden said if i if he was allowed to talk for like more than like three minutes i just assume it goes bad and i'm always right always what name a time Name a time where Joe Biden had 10 minutes to speak or more, and you were like, yes. Yes, Joe. Keep going. I'll wait. I'll wait. I mean, I generally like myself, so I don't like myself. Um, But yeah, I have caught some clips that were pretty horrendous. I'm the police. (laughs) I'm a niece that's 17. And um, one of the things we bond over is TikTok. So like whenever I see her, I'm always like, uh, her name's Layla. So I'm like, Layla, what do you want to say to Joe Biden? <laughs> and then she'll like quote the various TikTok ones. <laughs> what, what? Can you please take your hand off my shoulder? Like what? No, there's a, Don't what do you want to say my to hair? Joe Biden? What? Um, I already forgot them all, but it's uh, either, either I'm getting stimulated or your son's getting eliminated. And there's like a guy with like a, a t-shirt over his head. Um, they're like these like TikTok bits okay. or like an audio thing, but you, you all don't know what I'm talking about. But like I clearly I don't. Like yeah. for the listeners, you can't here. see our faces. Um, like, what do you want to say to Joe Biden? Um, yeah, I can't remember where they are now, but that's one of them. Either I'm getting stimulated or your son's getting eliminated. That's weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now if you like get a stimulus check. Mm, 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 mm. And they have like no. a fake, oh. like a fake Hunter Biden. Fuck your life, Bing Bong. What do you want to tell Joe Biden right now? What's up, baby? Take me out the dance. If you see these dogs in your front yard, just know upstairs I'm going hard. Bing Bong. Yo, 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 Joe Biden. I want my check. Where's my money? I fucking yeah. I need that check, Joe. I'm gonna fuck you up, nigga. I've been waiting ten fucking months. Give me my money. Run me my check. Run me my check, yo, Joe. I got your fucking son. I'm not fucking playing, Joe. No funny shit. You got 48 hours. If I don't get stimulated, your son is getting eliminated. Oh, 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 I'm, right, I'm, I'm, unco- I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> can, we pivot, can we pivot? Like, do you do y'all think that we're going to see another stimulus check, or was that just a fluke in American history? <laughs> no, super, a super fluke. Oh, oh no. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, maybe something horrible would have to happen for us to see another stimulus check. That's, that's like a nice California, thought. California falls off into the ocean or something. Oh, wow. Uh, hey actually that, that's a good point like we are in oregon at any given moment we could like fall off into the ocean from the biggest earthquake in american history so it's always still there unfortunately we won't see that but you know the sacrifice will totally <laughs> totally be worth it for the american dream like can you imagine just just take a moment to just picture Joe Biden giving the speech after you've been swallowed by the Pacific Ocean. Doesn't that just, just warm your heart? Like all the wonderful words Joe is going to deliver. I would be mad at all the, the people in Idaho that now have like beachfront property. That's really expensive. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, I just figured out my way to get this record of time. 
I'm sorry, Mel. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but now I'm just like my Full mind is like, no, I gotta get this time. <laughs> like we have we gotta start, you know. I know there's like doomsday preppers and that, but like I wanna be more quote unquote practical and be like, okay, climate change, impending earthquakes, disaster, whatever. That means quote unquote, everyone's talking about middle America. We have to colonize middle America. But how do we colonize middle America? Which brings me back to Kanye, because unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately, he's like the only one I've seen who's like doing it because business interests. And I feel like he moved the factory to like Montana or something. But hell out there, too. Like, doesn't he have a farm or some crap? Is is Ohio middle America, though? It's Atlantic Midwest. Oh, okay. Geography is a strong point. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we're. I was in born the US, in the US. We don't do this. We don't do geography. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah, exactly. We gotta we gotta colonize Middle America. We gotta we gotta get on this now though, because eventually, you know, the whites are gonna catch on. But if we hit them early, like Montana, uh, Wyoming, mm-hmm. like how, how many people are really there anyway? How how many people? How many people would it really take to colonize Wyoming? I think Wyoming only has like 500,000 people. I'm going to point out the obvious here that if we become the colonizers, um, doesn't that make us the bad guys too? So, like, yeah, I got to become the grift, Melanie. Oh, see, that's what we established here today. I, I feel like <laughs> any sort of colonization of American land automatically puts us in the villain category. <laughs> But also, Bill Gates has been buying up farm, farmland for years, yeah, like he's, quietly. He's a villain, Bill Gates. Yeah. So he like he's already been buying up the middle of America. So okay. So I, I'm just I was gonna throw this out here. It. He beat us to it. Because <laughs> I've been thinking about, you know, with Biden's whole "we must fund the police" comments, and I was like, maybe the problem is we need another like it's defund. You know, the same way people embrace Martin because they're like, Malcolm scares us. We need, (laughs) we need another thing out there. So instead of like, you know, being good people or anything, like, never mind. You know, I know some people like, I became a cop so that I could do the right thing. And then I was corrupted because the system is terrible. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know what? Screw all that. Become a cop for the bad reasons, but just in the right way. Like, I'm going to come in there. I'm going to infiltrate this. I'm going to bring my friends with me, and we're going to take over this department, and we're going to continue everything exactly as it is. Just, like, we're just going to oppress different people. Like, maybe <laughs> maybe white people. That's right. Let's do it. There's plenty of them. And I know people are like, Bruce, stop it. This is, this is a bad idea. But hear me out. Hear me out. Like, if you oppress white people the same way, one, you don't even have to start, like, hardcore. Like, you don't have to, like, you know, like, beat the shit out of people, kill people to start with. Like, you have, like, a good five, six, seven, maybe even 15 years of just nickel and diming people because of all the money they have to where you can support the economy. And then by that time, like, 15 years later, like, everyone's comfortable with it. And then you just start beating the shit out of people and killing people. And then everything is fine. You have established a new system and the world 
everyone has jobs. This is a great jobs program. Everyone loves jobs programs. Like <laughs> you, you get people in the jobs, you get people to do the oppression that we're all comfortable with. You just change the faces and we're fine. Is this not, is this not a reasonable proposal? Well, then may I present to you defunding the police. Boom. <laughs> My logic is ironclad, as you can hear. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you get anyone who's like an advocate for defunding the police, bring me there along with you to advocate for colonizing police. No, I think that's like always like the the gimmick with like um try and present solutions you have to have like the crazy solution you have to have the one that you actually want them to pick and then like the one that like oh you definitely know they're not going to pick <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's it's true though 101 mm-hmm. that's a grift i mean it seems like you've been grifting grifting all your life so <laughs> that's a, i mean look 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 that's not even a that's not even a that, like that's actually like a negotiation strategy that I've, I've heard people teach you. Yeah, yeah. Start out. <laughs> I'm gonna say this like I I have some knowledge of this. No, I don't. But like, why not? Let, let's start high. Let's colonize the police, oppress white people, and then let's go from there. Those are your options. We this world exists on false dichotomies. So let's create our own. You can defund the police. Or, you know, we will fill those police jobs and just just kick the shit out of white people, but just gradually over time so you get used to it because we wouldn't want to start off too hot because you might be like, we don't like that. So, no, we will get you <laughs> accustomed like for 10, 15 years by just taking the money you already have and you are willing to give up because it's disposable income. And then we will kick the living shit out of you it'll be great you love it like sorry i was about to get into like a rant about how white people like romanticize oppression and uh that's another another interview subject (laughs) that we don't have time for today because i'm (laughs) filibustering (laughs) because like i'm I'm joking, but I actually really do want this record. I just want to do notable things I get it. for I the get sake it. of the, the Ariella. The Ariella interview could have been less than four hours. I just threw that number out there. So. I got, I got not, I got nine <laughs> minutes to like. Yeah, I don't, like it, I don't think it would hit the full four hours. So yeah. So okay, wait, wait. So how do you? So I gotta ask, like, when you're getting food, like. Are you about to just like go into the kitchen and like cook something up, or have you just like? I'm not answering like, that question. Have we been talking? Like it will affect how long we're, we'll be here. Oh, I'm <laughs> saying like you, we could have been talking. You could have been like on DoorDash. Like, okay, okay, I'm expecting something at uh, you know, six fifteen. So you can keep talking if you want to, but. <laughs> No, I thought about already ordering something from my phone, but I didn't want to be rude. So I was like, I don't even want to order from my phone. Until yeah, same. The, <laughs> the interview is over. I mean, respect. I was actually going to pop in a lasagna, but that's going to take 50 minutes and I'm hungry now. 50 no. minutes? 50. 50. Yeah, that's why you have to have so like sad. a snack. Yeah, like 15 some minute carrots, lasagna. Some carrots. What did they do that at? <laughs> <laughs> the frozen ones. 
It takes an hour. Yeah, it's like cooking it yourself. Yeah. Wait, do you do the like what kind of lasagna do you do? Do you do the veggie lasagnas? Or? No, 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 no. Stouffer's. <laughs> I don't. So Only is a meat eater. I am a meat eater. Yes. We used to go to pre-COVID times. We used to go to Fogo de Chao. Oh, I miss Fogo. Yeah. Live it up. Bad. I, I do Stouffer's too, but like. I tried to like kind of be healthy with like the Stouffer's veggie lasagna. And uh, yeah, I found out it's just like, I don't think this qualifies as like, I'm going to still eat it, but I don't think this qualifies as lasagna. Like this is definitely just a pot pie that like you made like a big family size pot pie. And I, I'm going to keep eating it because I'm cheap and I've already gone down this path, <laughs> but this, this is a lasagna. Like, uh, no. <laughs> I feel like a veggie lasagna would just make me angry. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> 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 um, can, can we have pa- I, I, I know I'm, I'm filibustering to keep you on for this record that I think I've already surpassed. But You're the first I, guest I, who's ever filibustered, that's a record. So. I, <laughs> hey. <laughs> but like I, I do genuinely have to know like uh, why would a veggie lasagna like make you like viscerally angry I, I I actually need to know this I feel like the lack of meat in the lasagna is an abomination personally yeah. <laughs> like I hate when you you eat a mushroom and you think it's a piece of uh, steak or something right am I right wait what <laughs> oh, oh like, the, like the veggie like um meat supplement like the meat like um yeah either you're eating something with me you're like oh here's a piece of meat where you're like oh it's like a piece chicken of mushroom or something yeah, yeah that's, people, that's, wait, wait. Or, is uh, that thing that people are doing <laughs> just like tricking people with like portobello mushrooms and stuff like hey <laughs> probably here's this steak <laughs> or no here's this steak sandwich you just bite it it's like yeah this is a portobello mushroom what what have you done a chicken fried <laughs> mushroom <laughs> oh have we have we not established the grift? <laughs> it's alive and well. Yeah. That that you know, I'm I'm actually I'm looking forward to what you titled this. Well, if we're, if we're breaking it into two parts, we're gonna have two titles. So <sighs> like maybe it's just a two-parter sequel. You oh you think so? I no, I feel like the two parts are gonna need Griffy environment. The Griffy environment for one and then the second one. And then Griffy environment, the Griff strikes back. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate Griff, just veggie lasagna. There's nothing dedicated to the 30 seconds we spent on veggie lasagna out of four hours. That would be uh, a Griffy environment to um, Griffy Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say. I don't care what how else that movie went, but as like a person in communications, I respect some whoever was in that room or whoever was just sitting at their typewriter or whatever they worked on back in the 80s and were like, what could we name this? Uh break into what 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 rhymes with break into? Boogaloo. Ooh, ooh, but breaking two boogaloo. No, 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 no. We need something else. We need to make this, we need to make the rhythm of this work. Breaking two 
Eclectic boogaloo? No, 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 no. Almost there. Hmm. Almost there. American two electric boogaloo. <gasps> I've done it. <laughs> I like I, you know, I probably don't wish the person who actually came up with that gets all their royalties and payments because I always feel like I'm disappointed when I figure out who that actually is. But that that is the gift that keeps on giving. Like you can call anything electric boogaloo. Like it could be like part eight of like, you know, some terrible, terrible project. Electric boogaloo, like that. That person was brilliant. Um, I hope they get their flowers unless they don't deserve them. They probably don't deserve them. I, the more we probably find out about people, like probably not. Like it's probably I, the worst person ever. <laughs> I think then now that we're at three minutes, we can do our parting words without <laughs> not going over. <laughs> I did it. I did it. All right. I'll, yes. I'll start. Um, parting words. Thank you, Bruce, um, for joining us in this four hour odyssey of, of discussion of um, local and international politics and media and pop culture. It has been a true delight, um, even though I'm very hungry now. Um, and I always even though we haven't had that many opportunities to have conversations I've enjoyed all of the conversations we've had and I hope that we have more um Max as usual you are a great podcast person um as dystopian as your outlook tends to be I think it's a good match for my overly naive one um just thank you for always being on point with all of the things um, as my partner in NTP. And thank you to everyone who is listening to this um, out in the cloud. Um, Max, your parting words? Yeah. Um, thank you for the handoff, Melanie. I'm dystopian because I am from the future. Um, so I'm just telling you what I know. Um, you're an amazing, you're amazing co-host. And uh, so, yeah, it's always fun um, co-hosting with you. Thank you to Bruce um, for being our guest this episode and maybe next episode, depending on how we edit it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. And like what Melanie said, the few conversations we had um, have been like a lot of fun. And um, I hope we have more in the future. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to the NTP faithful. Um, subscribe to us on Patreon. Check out all of the things that Bruce has mentioned. Um, maybe they'll be in our show notes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. I had a good time. And um, we'll catch you on the next one. All right. And Bruce, um, you have the final parting words. So I'm just gonna, you know, just filibuster this for another 45 minutes. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Uh, Melanie, Max, uh, thank you, thank you so much again for having me on. It's, yeah, it's you know, in our couple times, like really just getting to talk in depth. It's, it's always a pleasure, and you know, I will definitely gotta, as I've mentioned before, with all the plugs, I've got a few things so. I would definitely be extending invites to, you know, continue the conversation, continue the messiness on one of the platforms. So, you know, people look out for that. Uh, all the plugs, brucepointset.com. That's where you can find out 
not just about my content, but also I do classes, journalism, creative nonfiction, a little stuff in the equity, anti-racism field. Yes, yeah, so there's a bunch of grift out there. I'm trying to be semi-responsible with putting this information out there and like, I don't know, work with people in a way that actually like makes some sense in this grifty world. So, you know, check that out. YouTube.com slash Bruce Poinsett for the content. Bonus content on Patreon.com slash Bruce Poinsett. So, excuse me, please be... Ah, just... I've been drinking, so we got the burps here. Uh, yeah, but please do, you know, consider subscribing, becoming a member, telling a friend. And yeah, again, just thank you to you all with the Nat Turner Project for having me on. It's a pleasure. I enjoyed, you know, riffing and going on this journey, this odyssey, this uh, hunger creator that we've done <laughs> with you all. And like both of you, as soon as I get off this, I'm going to be on, well, I shouldn't say like both of you, but I know I'm going to be on the app and I promise you though, well, I don't promise you, but I may or may not buy black. So keep supporting me. Keep giving me that money. It's the fifth of every month. Don't you remember marching with me back when you marched with me? Keep giving me and only me those reparations, white people. I know you're listening. I need those. I'm I'm tired of being a responsible person. Give me those reparations, please. You, I am your personal black friend. I will protect you. I need your money. Come on. YouTube.com slash Bruce Points. Yes, uh, those are my parting words. All right, good night, y'all. Good night, y'all.